there. You're listening to Mountain Meister. It's the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. Today, we'll be picking the brain of J.T. Holmes. He's an extreme athlete, if I can call you that. Is extreme athlete okay? Yeah, I don't mind extreme athlete. That's, that's fine. J.T. started out with professional skiing. Then he moved on to base jumping. It was more of just a maximum dose of things I'd already felt on skis before. And now speed riding which is kind of a hybrid between paragliding and skiing. It feels like you're skiing in a video game where normal rules don't apply. In today's discussion, we'll cover topics like risk, skill versus luck, and how we tend to judge others for the decisions that really don't impact us. I'm Ben Shank. You're listening to Mountain Meister. This episode of Mountain Meister is sponsored by Big Agnes. For your summer adventures, Big Agnes has your back. Supported. Their brand new line of air chamber sleeping pads are so supportive that you'll forget you're only a few inches away from the ground. One of the reasons is I-beam construction, which reduces the shear forces and disperses weight. Just think about it on a Big Agnes sleeping pad and I guarantee you'll fall asleep For 20% off of your purchase of sleeping pads or anything else you want, go to BigAgnes.com. Use the code MEISTER at checkout. Let's get right into it. Uh, I'm curious about your progression as an extreme athlete, if I can call you that. Is extreme athlete okay, first of all? Yeah, I don't mind extreme athlete. That's, That's fine. Okay, great. So you started with skiing, correct? Yeah, that's right. I was a weekend skier in Squaw Valley growing up. Uh, eventually convinced my parents to let me go to boarding school because I knew that I wanted to pursue skiing full time. And I ended up at Squaw Valley Academy. Uh, and then I was a professionally paid and still am. I began being a professionally paid skier at 17 years old, um, competing in big mountain competitions. And when I was 22, I was introduced to the parachute, and since then, I've been really enjoying airborne sports as well as as skiing. Um, and another thing I've been doing my whole life is racing off road. Uh, began with my dad and my uncle, uh, even co piloting at the age of 11, and. Um, my dad's got a race truck now and, um, I, I drove the Baja 500 on Saturday and achieved second place in my class. Wow. Congratulations. I didn't know that. Yeah. Pretty fired up. Yeah. It's kind of my closet sport. I I was going to say, because I I see much more about the skiing and flying than I do the driving. Yeah, it's true. Um, and, uh, I think a lot of that has to do with, um, I guess I don't really know why, but it's just always been, it's been, it's been a, uh, kind of a family thing, uh, a family pursuit, um, more, so, more so than a, um, professional pursuit. But since we got the new truck and we've had some good results, uh, I've got some, uh, support for the race program through urban armor gear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're, uh, we're really excited to do the Baja 1000 in November. Very cool. Well, you said you the first time you used the parachute was age 22. Can you tell me about that time? Sure. Yeah, it was June 22nd, 2002. I was I had just turned 22 years old the day before. And uh 
got in an airplane, flew up to Twin Falls, Idaho to do a weekend of base jumping. And Shane was, um, you know, the, the motivating person behind the whole thing. And he, he just said, Hey man, we're going base jumping. Come, you know, you're going to jump off the bridge. It's going to be great. You're going to land in the water. It's no problem at all. Um, Sherry's done it. That's, that's his, it was his girlfriend at the time. Now it became his wife. And, um, Nikki Dasher, Miles's wife, had also done it. So I thought, wow, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, and sure enough, we went up to Twin Falls and we jumped off the bridge all weekend long. And the um, the base jumping had always been base jumping and skydiving and all that stuff had, had had been on my bucket list until that time. But after doing it for a weekend, I I, I really prioritized it and switched it from the bucket list to the now list and and really uh, kind of dove in. What did you feel that you had never felt on skis before? Um, you know, it was, it was more of a, um, it was more of just a maximum dose of things I'd already felt on skis before. When you ski, you like to go fast. You like to feel acceleration. You like to be, you like to catch some air, you know? And when you're, when you're, when you take a jump on your skis, it's probably only going to last about a second, maybe two. Um, but you know, you jumping off that bridge, it was like three seconds, maybe even pushing four. Um, and then you get a bigger cliff and it's 10 and 12 and then 13, 14, you put on a wingsuit and that's, you know, 45 seconds or a minute and a half. Um, so it, it was just a really kind of a potent dose of, of things that I was already familiar with and that I already knew and loved. <clears throat> so, so you move from the skiing, which is a second or two, like you said, then, it's slowly increasing that time where you feel this rush, should we say, and then now you do the flying and the skiing at the same time. Is it that extended dose that makes you move to the next thing? You know, it's more of a creativity thing that, that, that motivates mm -hmm. the what's next for me. Um, the great thing about being a multi-sport athlete is that I never get burned out. You know, I've got friends that, that I competed against or made ski movies with. And, and some of them just keep just grinding it out, just skiing, skiing, skiing. And they don't really put a new twist on it or dive in 100% into an off season sport. Um, and you know, it, eventually it's, it's tough on the body and it's tough to keep up with the younger whippersnappers out there that are, that are, you know, performing so well. And, you know, it can be easy to burn out and, you know, I've always been drawn to these these kind of fringe disciplines of sports that are really exciting to be a part of because each year new things are happening and you're starting to, to see, um, you know, stuff be normal that was previously considered difficult or even impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's, it's just it's just really cool to be a part of these sports when, when they're, when they're growing, you know, and, and an example would be, um, you know, free st freestyle skiing in the, um, late nineties, you could land backwards or take off backwards. So there was all these new tricks and also borrowing back from snowboarding. There was all this eye opening stuff of, you don't have to spin on an axis. You can spin off axis. And you know, there was all these cool tricks that, you know, never existed just, just a season or two before. So, you know, free skiing and freestyle skiing in the late nineties was just this 
blossoming, awesome sport. Was really excited to be a part of it. That was when I entered the scene. You know, I graduated high school in 1997, and and um, that was a year early uh, high school graduation. But I had a year off there, is my point. And and you know, it was just an amazing time to be in free skiing. You know, of course, there was also fat skis uh, becoming popular. So the big mountain skiing had a whole new look and feel. And then later on with the Shane's developments in camber, um, you know, big mountain skiing really uh, had another kind of resurgence of, of that energy where new stuff's going on in the sport. And that, that's what I'm really attracted to. Now, if we had to think of a danger curve, let's call it, what you're doing now probably lies further or higher on that danger curve. Do you have a line that you won't cross? I'm not sure that what I'm doing now is, is the highest of, of dangers of anything that I've done. Um, what do you think's the highest? Good question. Hard to say that, um, that highly aggressive wingsuit base jump flying is, is not the most lethal, uh, just the attrition rate in that sport has been shocking. Is that you know, what with, you call it? You call it an attrition rate? Cause that's what they used. Uh, that's what they used at my corporate job when they talked about people just leaving the company. This is leaving life. Yeah. You know, honestly, that was a bad, uh, a bad, choice of words and the reason no, that was, I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that it was, uh, it's a, a, quite the stark contrast between what I'm used it's to. A little bit of, it's a little bit of an impersonal choice of words. And, and the reason that I, I was actually just reading, looking at the results sheet from the Baja 500 uh-huh. on, on Saturday. And, and I was considering the attrition rate because a lot of the cars break down. They don't make mm-hmm. it. It was a very course. So, um, that's, we talk attrition rate in that and I just applied the word, okay. so I wouldn't get too much into that. That's not a common, uh, okay. Okay. but you know, you, you, when you have, when you have, um, a sport where the really skilled guys are dying, it's very mm-hmm. difficult to point the finger and say, Oh, you know, it will never happen to me. You know, when the Dean Potters, uh, and the Shane McConkeys and the countless other lesser, you know, globally known names that you know, we're dedicated, that we're safety aware, that we're talented, you know, when guys like that are dying, it's, it's really kind of tough to say it'll never happen to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be like saying I'm more skilled than Dean Potter or Shane McConkey. And there's not a lot of people that, that are going to go and make a claim like that. So you're lucky then. Um, yeah, I'm definitely lucky. Uh, I'm good too, but, um, um, we've had, we've all had our close calls, but my point is that my main focus is speed riding right now. Um, the combination of skiing and flying, uh, creates an amazing, amazingly enhanced skiing experience. You know, I'm getting fresh tracks all day long. Uh, Shane and I, got into ski base jumping, which was the first way we combined skiing and flying. We did that so we could ski closeout lines. So we'd go ski interesting places above big cliffs and jump off them. Well, with speed riding, you can, you can link multiple closeout sections in one line and you can make undesirable snow desirable. And you just have a complete 
added dimension to your skiing. Uh, it, it just, it feels like you're skiing in a video game where normal rules don't apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's incredible. It's, it's a darn fun sport for anybody that, that loves to ski. Uh, I think it's also safer and more, uh, attainable. You know, you can start speed riding at schools in France or, you know, in Utah and, um, <clears throat> It's, you know, it's just not, it's not as gnarly as some of this other airborne sports stuff. And it's um, a great way to, to go skiing. Coming up, we talk about what JT's mom thinks of all of this. And later, his gear recommendation, a question from roommate Max, and who JT would like to hear next on Mountain Meister. But first, if for some reason you haven't yet purchased a Mountain Meister t-shirt, you better hurry. By not having a Mountain Meister tee, you'll never be randomly approached by your future hiking, biking, or climbing partner who also listens to this podcast. Who knows? They might even become your future life partner, too. Men's and ladies' sizes available. They're 23 bucks. And if you're not totally satisfied, just let me know, and I'll absolutely give you your money back. Go to mtnmeister.com to purchase. Thanks. Back to the show. What does your mom say about this? Uh, you know, it's been really tough on my mom in recent years uh, because, you know, she, I've lost two best friends and she knows these guys and she knows their moms and, you know, they come to dinner and they're, you know, you know, not quite like family, but they're, they're, they're definitely um, close. And again, I think she also realizes that, that, you know, I've been through a lot and also that if all these other people are, are dying, doing what JT is doing, then it could happen to him too. Um, she had a, a hard time with my recent avalanche burial, um, in back in January, but she, she bounced back from that one. Um, it was just, you know, it was just tough for her to think of her son being so close to death mm-hmm. underneath some snow there. It's And that's also something that's never going to stop. You know, I'm always going to go skiing in the backcountry. And I think, I think we all are, um, or I think the majority of us will continue to consider backcountry skiing a reasonable level of risk. You know, you're not, you don't typically just because somebody goes hikes up a hill and skis down it doesn't, they don't usually get labeled daredevil or reckless or, you know, um, irresponsible. Whereas, you know, somebody who goes base jumping, uh, can be called all those things. Absolutely. And it's so funny how, first of all, everybody has a different definition. There are probably some people who look at backcountry skiing who are either unfamiliar with the sport or just have a really low risk tolerance and say those people are crazy. And then there are the people like yourself who who base jump and say, I know what I'm doing. I'm not crazy. Right. And it changes over time too. That's true. Yeah, the norms change. Um, I mean, I, I yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say – you talk about this stuff in many uh, different media outlets and you probably got asked similar questions uh, when you're talking mostly with people who don't do it. 
What kind of conversations do you have about risk and death with the people who do do it, who you're there with? Usually they're pretty, um, I guess they're, they're, I guess they're pretty varied. Oftentimes they'll, they'll be with a spin of humor. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, as though we take it lightly, um, but we know that we really don't take it lightly. Um, and then sometimes they'll, those conversations will be, um, kind of a, like a factual Mm-hmm. type thing like whether you're learning from somebody else's mistake and analyzing their fatal accident or you're um you know being solution oriented and figuring out what to do now that somebody has um left early and how to handle all that so oftentimes it's kind of like a uh, fact and action based right. an analysis like yeah we're like a, well, what are we going to do what's the best thing to do here right how are we going to handle this you know um uh, but I, I don't really have real deep conversations with with jumpers about um, death and and risk and you know the the, the answer to like to why like why do you do these things it, it, for most of us it, it really isn't deep. Um, so you like it, right? You enjoy it. Yeah, it's not spiritual. It's just you know it's good, clean fun. It's it's why do people go and and drive their car around a racetrack on a Saturday or why do they go, um, skiing or water skiing or ride the mountain bike? It's, it's just good, clean fun. That's all, that's all it is. And you know, you don't go and put, put your leg over your mountain bike and think, you know, I'm doing this cause somebody would have wanted me to do it <laughs> and then keep moving on. No, you just, you're just going and having fun. And, and, uh, if, if I could erase the risk, of the sports that, that I'm in, you know, if I could make it so that a, a crash was tolerable in base jumping, I definitely would, you know, it's not, the risk isn't the draw. The risk is the, you know, negative side, um, side effect, not side effect, but the, you know, something that goes along with it, but it's, it's not the, um, it's not the allure, but, but the alluring. But isn't there some, again, the line's different for, each person, but isn't there some place where you need to say, no matter what the reward is, it's not worth the risk. I'm thinking drugs. I'm thinking when somebody shoots up heroin, I had to look up online what a heroin high feels like. It sounds amazing. Let me tell you, but the risk isn't worth it. Yeah, I understand. So with your sport, eventually isn't the risk too high that no matter what reward you get out of it, you shouldn't do it. That's something to consider, you know, that that's one, that's one way of looking at it. Um, the problem is that we all believe that we can do these things and get away with it. And then you get the reward and the risk never comes around to even be Mm -hmm. an issue. Yeah. Um, and you know, just because people died, that doesn't make the sport more dangerous, right? Just because somebody made a mistake and, and, and they're no longer here, the, the gravity hasn't changed. The gear hasn't changed. You know, the, this, the rules of the whole game are, are still the same. It's just that the reality of the consequence is fresher. 
I have a roommate. His name's Max. And before every interview, I ask him if he has any questions for our guest. He was looking forward to hearing this interview. Well, you're given the, the disclaimer. You're disclaimering this question. You're, you're blaming it on Matt. Well, no, Max. Uh, well, I less than a disclaimer, I'd like to give him credit for the question. Okay. All right. All right. Just give me a hard time. Uh, he says, what's the closest you've ever come to a fatal accident and hasn't that been a sign for you to quit? Um, there's been a few. I've had a, a handful of parachute openings that, you know, the parachute was open less than 50 feet off the ground, which is pretty low. Wow. Um, that's gotten it pretty close. So how many seconds is that? Well, you mean before you hit the ground? Yeah, so what? let's say you would have pulled the cord 0.2 seconds later. Would you have hit the ground? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. Well, there's there's some sort of math that you could probably do to figure it out. Acceptably low. Okay, just, unacceptable. Uh, just, just not cool. Uh-huh. Not not the type of thing where you're like, ha-ha, Oh, you know, yeah. you're going to get scolded even by your, your your dipshit base jumper friends that probably you know get a kick out of opening their parachute flow. They're, uh-huh. they're gonna they're gonna give you a hard time. Um, but you know, and you're gonna have that like guilty kind of feeling that like hint of PTSD where you just kind of knew that you put your life uh, in unnecessary, unnecessarily reckless risk. Um, but that, you know, certainly that wasn't intentional. Um, but, uh, you know, I've had a couple of low parachute openings, uh, but the most, the, the nearest to death that I've ever been was definitely underneath that snow in January. Cause that was actually physiologically close to death. Hmm. You know, I'd already had my, what would have been my last thoughts as, you know, already had lost consciousness. I was on my way towards, um, death. Whereas the other ones were just quick, um, quick moments that, you know, either resulted in a bit of an injury or, a or, a um, completely unscathed thought of, holy smokes, I can't believe I just let that happen. Um, or wow, that was close type of, type of thing. Well, that's, uh, that was a good answer because Max also said after that question, I hope he doesn't give a canned answer, something like, oh, it's what I love to do and I just can't walk away from it. Thank you for being right. specific. Well, his, his question was also two-part. That's um, true. Why hasn't it been a sign for you to quit? Um, each time something like that happens or each time you lose a friend, uh, you, I at least, you know, definitely contemplate the path. And... Um, you can, you can quit or you can keep going. Um, and I've chosen to learn as much as I can about the factors that contributed in that negative outcome or near tragic outcome. Um, and then carry on as a more experienced, wiser mountain man. Mm -hmm. Taking new information if it's there. Yep. I'm, freaking shaking just talking about this i'm not even lying like uh, this doesn't normally happen but this stuff those are some close accidents there you will have a, an interesting life yeah you know and uh, that's just kind of an, an, an example uh, that happened uh, you know 
that happened, sure. But, you know, there's other people have close calls, and I don't even know that they realize how close is, of a call yeah. that, that they've had. Um, whether it's two people skydiving and, 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 you know, you open your parachutes next to each other, and luckily they opened the wrong, not facing each other, so you didn't get an entanglement or. You know, we've all opened with the parachute facing the cliff and you got to turn the parachute away from the cliff before you hit the cliff. And, um, you know, those are, those are, these are close calls. Um, you know, I wish the world was, at least in base jumping terms, I wish the world was just made of pads like a woodwork <laughs> or something so you could just crash all over the place. Right, right. That would be awesome because you could just, you know, get yourself a, a bruise or some huck neck and, and, and a nice little redo, but, um, that's just not the case. Mm. So, um, I, do you ever read, you're pretty well known. Do you ever read the comments, the criticism that people give you? I'm, for an example, I watched your 60 minutes piece and sometimes people have some not, not so nice things to say. Other people have really nice things to say. Sure. Yeah. I've, I've read that stuff. Does that get to you at all? Mm, not really. No, because, you know, I'm, I'm really, a a, a live and let live kind of, kind of guy. Um, if you think I'm reckless, that's not really any of your business. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and cause I don't think it's affecting somebody else. It's, it's just, it's, it's kind of like people that have the, the, the spare time to actually, you know, be outwardly, you know, angered by somebody else's sexuality. It's like, how do you have the spare time to actually outwardly object to what other people are doing in in a bedroom? Like, yeah. I got enough, I got enough on my on my plate to, you know, deal with thinking about what I'm going to do in my own bedroom. Much less what other people are. Just, it's like. You know, even if even if you don't think homosexuality is right, you know, it's really none of your business what what other people are doing. Um, and so, for me, it's like if I think somebody else's behavior is is reckless and that they're putting their their kids or something in, in, in unnecessary risk or they're being irresponsible, well, that's 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 their deal. It's within you know it's their choices. So I I don't know. I just I can't really bothered to defend too much right right it's like what's your what does this have to do with you so if the point is then that you don't want to hurt any as long as what you're doing doesn't hurt anybody else then it is acceptable to do so i guess as an extreme athlete you need to have the right conversations with those around you to make sure that you aren't hurting them well yeah sure uh but I think my point's a little different. Mm-hmm. If I were to die, it's going to hurt a lot of people. That's for darn sure, you know. And um, but that's between me and and those people that is going to hurt my family, uh-huh. right? It's not really between anybody else. Let's lighten it up. Let's get a gear sure. recommendation from JT. We get one from everybody that comes onto the show. You can do with it whatever you would like. If it's from a sponsor, please say so. Uh, it can be specific, unique, fun, whatever you want. Give us a gear recommendation. I got a Red Bull on my desk. I use it every day. Do you really? Keeps me alive. And I am sponsored by Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So you do, do you drink Red Bull every day? 
Yeah, you know, I, I drink it when I need a little revitalization of, of you know, I need some pep in my step, right? I, I was in a race car for 14 hours on Saturday. And I, the race, you know, we've crossed the finish line at 3 a.m. and brought the truck back to the shop and dealt with a bunch of gear. I got to bed and the sun was coming up. And then I spent all day yesterday traveling back um, from Ensenada to uh, Tahoe. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I got up this morning, went on a little hike to get some fresh air and, and I got, you know, I need a little boost here. So yeah, Red Bull. Very good. I always wonder what percentage of the pep is from the substance of the Red Bull and what percentage is psychological. I, 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 for me, it's, it's, it's the real deal. It's the, it's the caffeine and the amino acids and the B vitamins and all this stuff that that I need, and, you know, the sugar's in there too. Do you think, do you think Red Bull would make a good sponsor for Mountain Meister? Do what? Well, well, I mean, I don't know that, that, that in what way, like well, sponsor. I think they should, they should pay me to communicate all the great things about Red Bull on the podcast. I think you're a great communicator. I so that'd be a good fit. You could be an asset. Yeah. I agree without question, but you know, I put, I put Red Bull in, I was in that race car for 14 hours and I put a Red Bull in my, you know, my water source in the race car. And that was like a tube going into your helmet. Um, Red Bull, it was three liters and I had one Red Bull and you know, I guess two and a half liters of water in there. Um, I could do the good. same with my hydration, hydration station at the podcast studio. Yeah, you have one of those fridges. There you go. Yeah, or or set up like a a gravity uh, tank above me to distribute the Red Bull like a camelback if I ever need it during an interview. Yeah, but if you use a camelback, you actually get don't you get negative NAR points? Oh, oh, very good point. <laughs> okay, well, I need to I need to get up to speed with that part too. <laughs> All right, Red Bull on JT's Meister profile page on our website, mtnmeister.com. Finally, we'd like to get a Meister recommendation. Uh, who would you like to hear next on this show, JT? How about Patrick Rebstock? He's just an amazing waterman. Um, he, he's an engineer that um, you know, creates much of his own gear that he's using um, for kite surfing. And he's, you know, got a pretty good life. Seems like he's always getting a ton of waves and, you know, having high quality experiences in the ocean. One of these guys that can really do it all. And, you know, he's all sponsored up and stuff, but he's also got a real job making electric skateboards and enjoys using his brain and tinkering and his, you know, his degree in engineering and really, um, you know, kind of a multi-dimensional dude. Um, and, uh, he probably have some interesting stuff to say. I like it. Keep an ear out for Patrick on a future episode of mountain Meister. We'll have links to, uh, JT's social media account, pictures, videos, everything that you need. In addition to anything that we mentioned in this interview on his Meister profile page at mtnmeister.com. I know that these, this conversation got pretty deep, and I appreciate you talking to us about this. I think it's your responsibility almost when you do something like this to explain uh, explain your thinking. So I do appreciate that, JT. Yeah, no worries, man. Cheers. That's JT Holmes. For pictures, videos, and any resources we talked about today, go to our website, mtnmeister.com. Search JT's name. 
spelled J-T. Don't forget that Mountain Meister is supported by Big Agnes, who knows that there is nothing better than a great night's sleep. Don't take it for granted, because in certain scenarios, for example, outside, or when you're sleeping on the ground, or inclement weather, sleep can be tough. Do yourself a favor and check out the sleep systems from Big Agnes, and when you're ready to purchase, use the code MEISTER for 20% off at checkout. As usual, I hope you enjoy doing the rest of whatever you do while you listen to this podcast. Don't forget to purchase a Mountain Meister t-shirt. It's a great way to financially support us, and you also get a sweet piece of summer garb. Until the next time you hear my voice, I'm your host, Ben Shank, and you've been listening to Mountain Meister. Mountain Meister.